Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, not since Paula Abdul was sleeping with MC Scat Cat has animation been as important to music. <laughs> we talk the Gorillaz self-titled debut album next. <laughs> Episode 42 of Verse Chorus Verse. I am DL. With me is Rachel with the cool shoe shine polio. Rachel, how are you? I'm good. Real good? Yeah. You always double check like I'm lying to you. Yeah, you always look stressed out. I am stressed out. Nah, you're good. Also with us is Evil, the funky homo sapien Jimmy. (laughs) Evil, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Everybody's good. It's a Friday night. Also very stressed out. (laughs) Oh yeah. Are you sure, Evil? So stressed out. <laughs> Thank you. You always look so stressed. I'm always stressed out. Rachel always comes on and she's looking a little bit, I got to get this, I got to do this. And Evil always comes on and he's just finishing eating and he's kind of like, oh, I got to <laughs> polar opposites here. <laughs> Tonight, podcast, we are doing volume, I don't know, two, I guess, of DL's 10 out of 10s. Basically... We take an album that I have always held in incredibly high regard that preferably these other ladies and gents have not really sat down and checked out. All these albums, there's no way you will have not heard at least a couple songs off of, but Evil, when this came out, was it anywhere near your radar? Uh, I, spoiler alert, I loved this album. I listened to it a ton when it first came out. Holy fuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes me incredibly happy. Rachel, what about you? I had heard of this album. (laughs) We've established in a previous conversation tonight that this is Rachel's eighth episode. Rachel, you can start to elaborate on stories if you want. Okay. I mean, I heard the radio hits, but I I didn't ever grab it and listen to it when it came out. This is my first time going all the way through it. So we are talking the Gorillaz self-titled debut album. And holy shit... Was there a lot more to go over than I thought there was going to be? Mm. The story of this is a muddy fucking mess. And I love the album, obviously, but my God, this is one of those rabbit holes with 700 other rabbit holes and then 700 other <laughs> rabbit holes under all those rabbit holes. That doesn't make sense um, mathematically. Because then they would just... Is it 700 from each 700? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was just like 700 direct <laughs> You're quite the literalist, aren't you? (laughs) I'm not editing that out. No way. Rachel, if you weren't really into this, how did you listen to it? I know that you are more of a sit down and study Mm -hmm. type of person. Did you do that with this? I did. I definitely tried to just put it on in the car, but it was really hard for me to... If I can't see the lyrics, I can't understand the lyrics a lot of the time. But you'll still... Don't you like passive listen at all? I can't, it's really hard for me to passively listen to music. Really? I really have to sit down with it. Even What do you listen to in the car or things like that? Stuff that I've heard like a hundred times before. I'm the same oh, way. I'll either, that makes okay. sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Or NPR or a podcast so I can fully understand what's going on. Well, that's, but. you know what I listen to when I'm in the car is my own voice now. <laughs> <laughs> I just listen to this podcast over yeah, and over again. It's, it's not creepy at all. Gross. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into this. Before we do, we got to talk about the most important part of the night. What are we drinking? I will start. This is 
so much uglier than it's supposed to be. This is on theme. Can any kind of on theme? Yeah. Can any of you guess what it is? Uh, if it's the same thing I'm drinking, <laughs> that would be I was hilarious. I was kind of wondering if you might. Can I'm you show let... me your drink, Evil? Are we drinking brass monkeys? Oh, no. Oh. No. Okay, so mine is a brass monkey, which is just two parts orange juice, fresh squeezed. Oh. One, one part vodka, one part dark rum. It's actually really that good. good. Yeah. Is it, it funky? Is that a yeah, funky it's a funky monkey. monkey. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had some pomegranate laying around tonight, so I did a little pomegranate juice in there too. You're it's so fancy. It's yummy, yummy. Now, Evil, I saw your drink. Yeah, it is called a monkey gland. Oh, that was going. That was going to be my second yeah. choice. Was a monkey gland. Um, Orange juice, gin. I used Old Tom gin because I. Fancy, I guess. I don't know. And uh, grenadine and a little bit of absinthe. Mm. So it's got that pomegranate thing that you got going in yours too. I, Just a touch. I've been wanting to ask you this. When you have absinthe in a cocktail, do you bitters dash it or do you rinse the glass? I just bitters dash this one because I was lazy. But usually I rinse the glass. I wish I had like one of those atomizers you could just spray over the top. That would be cool. I don't. It'd be very fancy. Yep. Um, Rachel... David. Your turn. You just told me uh, about going to the... <laughs> this is what's hilarious. Is Where did you go? The alcohol store. Yeah. Just the <laughs> everybody state, state liquor but store. You hear the Eastern Idaho. Everywhere else in the world, it's a liquor store. But for <laughs> Rachel, it's the alcohol store. store. <laughs> the Sin Emporium. <laughs> the lady that greeted me at the door, she's like, can you help me? Can I help you find anything? And she's like... And I said, no, I'm just kind of like a child wandering. It's fine. I'll find something. But of course, <laughs> I went first to the clearance rack because I thought <laughs> that's kind of what people expect of me. But there's nothing. It's on brand. Yes. No, there's nothing there. Didn't so. you make a joke about that in the yes. last episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I landed on what can I put in a frappuccino? And so <laughs> I grabbed, I grabbed a mini of wild turkey and I put it in a caramel frappuccino and it's delicious. What? What? Yeah. Really? But I kind of got laughed at because I went to the checkout and I have this two ounces of bourbon. <laughs> Here you go. She's like, this is, this is what you want. This is all you want. Just letting loose tonight. No, She's like, have fun tonight. And I was like, you betcha. It surprises me that you got wild turkey. Why? Because every other time it's candied vodka well, or... I feel like I'm sort of embracing the fact that I can't really taste a lot of things. It just ah, tastes so like sugar. So what, what does it matter anyway? I also have a scotch. Also just go. a glass of scotch. I had to do an Instagram picture tonight for Ziggy over here. And you got to have scotch with Ziggy. Spoilers, but I've decided for any time that I give an album a 10 out of 10, the picture has to be of just a really good scotch. What scotch? Is that Macallan that you're drinking there? Yeah. So I've also decided, Evil, that you will appreciate this. I mean, Rachel might too. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. But I've decided I'm going to buy one really, really good scotch that I like for each season oh, and whoa. just drink it for all the 10 out of 10s. Oh, that's a good and idea. Then, yeah. It'll end up with five or six pictures. And then maybe whatever is not finished, I'll just take to our live finale <laughs> and we'll drink it there. So that's what we're drinking tonight. And... Also, the music that you heard on the intro is by a very underground rap group called Paris, Texas. I found these guys scrolling through one of the social medias one day uh, months ago and loved what I heard and got a hold of them. They were actually one of the albums that Sven and I reviewed in the very first Quickfire review. Oh. 
Oh, sweet. Yeah. The song that you heard coming in to the podcast is called RHM. It's off of a new album they just came out with. They now have two albums that have come out this year. Well, this one has like five songs on it. So Evil, uh, are you stoned? (laughs) (laughs) I have contact lenses in, so... They're a little dry. Paris, Texas. They are not from Paris, Texas. Spoiler. And they really don't talk about anything else about them. They like to be, say, petite mystery, n'est-ce pas? <laughs> There's your French, Rachel. David speaks French. Who knew? Very bien. Really, really good group. Check them out on Spotify or Instagram, all the regular stuff. You will be impressed, I bet. We are going to take a break. Bring me back. I just wanted my father's applause. I just wanted my mother's applause. I just wanted these crackers applause. So I stand on the stage with the boys. So I stand on the stage with the boys. We are back. The song that you heard coming in from the break is called Heavy Metal. That was once again by Paris, Texas. Uh, Once again, indie rap group. It's really cool. I love this song. This is the song that actually music video I saw scrolling through, I think it was like Instagram. And the video fascinated me. When we're done with this, you should check out the music video Heavy Metal by Paris, Texas. It's really cool. It's called heavy metal. I have to. <laughs> yeah. The Gorilla's self-titled debut album that came out in March of 2021. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it, it, came didn't. In, it came out in March of 2001. I would have let that go. Yeah. Where, Sorry. Yeah, that's, where the fuck were you on that I, one? <laughs> I was writing a deposit or a withdrawal slip today, and I was like, what year is it? Because I was going to write 19-something. And then I wrote, <laughs> oh, and then I wrote 01, worse. and I was like, it's not 01. It's- okay, I'm going to read off the facts of this album. So this is how this album came to be. Uh, bassist Murdoch Nichols ran over keyboardist 2D with his car <laughs> twice. New York City native Russell Hobbs was kicked out of private school after being possessed by a demon and ultimately exercised. He found his salvation in drumming and rapping. The musical trio met marvelously one day at a record store and went on to enlist the talents of Noodle, who was found in a FedEx crate with a Les Paul. That's the gorillas. Simple love story. I mean, in real life, basically just Damon Albarn of Blur was like, hey, you know what? I kind of am sick of being all that famous and maybe I should just make a cartoon character (laughs) and have that person be famous instead. March of 2001, Albarn wanted to start a new rock mixed with hip-hop group. Enter the Gorillas. Rachel, I'm going to start with mm-hmm. you. One of the very first facts about this is the animation that came along with it. And you sent me like a text or something with just two words. I love the movie Tank Girl. <laughs> and that was from, he had done that comic so, Tank Girl and then Tank Girl, the comic turned into Tank Girl, the movie. Uh, Damon Albarn lived with... Oh, Jamie Hewlett. St- yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie Hewlett. Jamie Hewlett. Yeah, Jamie Hewlett was the animator of Tank Girl and they hit it off and they lived together and... I feel like we should hand this over to Evil because it seems like he has way better (laughs) notes on it than we do. Well, the the problem with researching this is it is like in my wheelhouse of creativity. This is similar to something that I would like dream up. Hey, let's 
write some music and create some fake band and create this backstory. And so music mixed with comic art mixed with storytelling. And I just, I love all of that. So yeah, it, it's essentially, uh, Albarn and Hewlett, they became buddies. They, Hewlett was the yeah. um, artist on Tank Girl. They came up with this as a creative outlet, I guess, venture. And yeah, there it is. So there is a lot of, he said, she said sort of stuff with this album, why it started, why Damon wanted to do it. I read up to hear a lot of interviews with him and things like that about how he really hated the part of fame where you can't walk down the fucking street. Mm-hmm. We have to keep in mind that this was 2001. Google wasn't as big back then. Who was the gorillas if you weren't a massive... In retrospect, it's one of those things where the second that you heard, oh, it's the guy from Blur. Oh, fuck. Yeah, of course right. it is. But back then, it wasn't a... I don't think a lot of people knew who it was, right? I didn't. I did, but like I said, I was a fan of this back when it came out. So, but yeah, to your point, it was a different era. I mean, this is an era when you couldn't find a picture of the band Tool. They purposefully yeah. like obfuscated their image of who they were because they wanted the focus to be on the music. Similar thing here. It was like a shift away from Britpop, you know, Blur and... Their feud with Oasis, I'm sure he was fed up with all of that and was looking for some way to be creative and kind of fly under the radar and concocted this wild, crazy thing. And it worked out for him. (laughs) Very well. I remember playing drinking games in my 20s. It would be one of my go-tos in my pocket. You don't know who the guy that started the Gorillas is. Nobody would know Mm -hmm. in the whole fucking room. Rachel, did you like this album? Yeah, it was fine. It was good. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, so you didn't you didn't think you were going to like Here's it? A, I didn't think I was going to like it at all. Because you know I'm a big fan of lyrics. Rachel. And I love David. You like pop bangers too, though. You like Blackpink and... Oh, absolutely. No, 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 for sure. The first thing I look for, as we've discussed, like I sit down with the lyrics and I was sitting down with the lyrics and I was like, the fuck, this song has... 11 words in it there's so much repetition and i fucking hate repetition so much and so on the first round listening to most of the songs i was like i just (laughs) i don't know that i'm gonna like this i listened to it a couple more times obviously eventually you know it grew on me a little bit at the beginning i just thought jesus this is so bad my music doesn't have lyrics it needs to be classical music i am that big of an asshole seriously (laughs) wow really (laughs) I'm an asshole, yeah. Oh. I am picky bitch. Oh, all right. Who I knew? think the lyrics are fun in this because you don't even know which... Half the lyrics are written through the character's eyes that are going through their mm-hmm. character's shit. Right. One of the characters is having an affair with the other kid. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I just wanted more lyrics. Well, fine then. Evil, what did you think? Do you? Well, I have an imagination, so I'm able to take those <laughs> oh, lyrics. Shit. And... <laughs> I'm playing. The lyricism fits this type of music, this sort of whimsical sure. Brit pop meets trip hop, Beck crossed with so mm. sneaker pimps. I mean, I don't know. Like, oh, sneaker pimps. Yeah. I remember sneaker pimps. I, I, it's just sort of like this dreamy, wonderlandy, sort of otherworldly thing. I think that works. These songs are through the viewpoint of these made up characters and this extremely elaborate narrative. And like, if you have no frame of reference of what's going on there, yeah. trying to dive into the lyrics was probably difficult. I had no clue the depth of 
the story that has been developed around the band and how, I mean, it is crazy in depth. I, I mean, I went down that rabbit hole, probably spent most of my time watching music videos and, and reading about the characters. And that was fun. That was fun for me. It probably didn't do a whole lot for reviewing an album, but, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was really fun. And I also, I'm probably going to go back to this a few times, but back in 2001, how were they expecting people to know about these elaborate stories? There are just pages yeah. and pages of shit on Google about the stories behind these songs and you didn't have that back then, so it's just, it's crazy to me. Did Hewitt, Hewlett, sorry, did Hewlett do any, like, comics for this or anything like that? Or was it just the... the... Boy, I, I don't know. I couldn't find anything, but... Obviously, that artwork was heavily influenced the character design for the music videos. Yeah. It's hard for me to split the music and the music videos apart. This landed in the era of MTV, the, the end of the peak. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, I have tons of visual memory of this. Yeah. I was looking at like Amazon reviews and YouTube comments on the videos. Everybody knows the ins and outs of these characters. And I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm missing out on something here. I got to dive into this more, but we only have so much time to get ready for it. Yeah. That. They've been out for 20 years and yeah. they, they have a shit ton of albums and a shit mm-hmm. ton of extras and all this other stuff. Al Barn and I think Hewlett were just sitting there watching MTV and fucking pissed off because of what MTV was, just like yeah. all of us were. And they decided they needed to come up with something completely different and new mm-hmm. that maybe would be artsy that kids would actually latch on to and that might be promotable. This is like a whole new genre that took all this samey Brit pop, like the whole Arctic Monkey blur kinks revival and turned it into this underground hip-hop collaboration yeah pitchfork described this album as brooding backpacker (laughs) hip-hop i love that i think that's awesome perfect (laughs) if you didn't listen to this too much in those times this wasn't necessarily ahead of its time i mean as a concept it was Oh, yeah. But musically, I mean, like Evil had said, Beck had done this. Well, He did, but he didn't integrate the hip-hop into it. So in that way, it was... It was hip-hop. But Gorillaz was way more pop hip-hop. People into popular music would like it more. Yeah. And I had heard Clint Eastwood and a couple of the other singles on it. So I did like those in that there, you know, were pop music and stuff that was on the radio at the time. It sounded dated only because of those radio hits that I had heard already. And maybe a little bit with the other stuff, if I could compartmentalize the songs. Did you guys read that Del, the funky homo sapien, who is the guy that does the couple of raps on this, Mm -hmm. he wasn't originally even going to be on Clint Eastwood? Really? Really? Yeah. That's the best part. Can you imagine that song without him on it? No. Like what what it would have been? Yeah, he came in to do the other song, Rock the House. Is that the other one he did? Yeah, Rock the House. Yeah. He heard Clint Eastwood and he was like, oh, fuck, let me do something on this. So the, this is, what a weird concept <laughs> this whole, whole band is. The drummer character yeah. was originally supposed to be kind of modeled after Ice Cube. Oh, really? Who is Del the Funky Homo Sapiens cousin. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. In the narrative of the story, Del the Funky Homo Sapien was friends with the character 
who died in a drive-by shooting, became a ghost. Mm-hmm. And Del the Ghost is the rapper. He's also possesses the drummer. <laughs> He's one of many things. That it, it is so broadly creative. I love There's so much there. everything that's going yeah. on. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's just one little sliver. I don't know if that's what brought him, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, into the recording process. I don't know either. I kind of feel like Albarn, he had met specific people through his years with Blur. Sure. Extremely creative people. Back in 2000s, rock bands were trying to simplify everything. You had bands like The, the mm-hmm. Strokes, and they were five dudes. Simple, simple as can be garage band. Al Barn was like, fuck that. I want, like, how many people are on this album? Oh, yeah. There's like 20 people. I think that he just collaborated all these incredibly creative minds and made this what it is. Including the producer, Dan, Dan the, the Automator. Automator. He had a big part in crafting this too. He probably brought in a lot of the... I think he's responsible for most of the hip hop sounds on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Every credit that you read on every song, Dan the Automator's on there somewhere. Dan Nakamura being his his real name. He's also credited as a producer and a technical producer. I don't know why you need to do that. <laughs> technical. I don't know. How many songs on this album? Like 15? No, there's a little bit more than that, isn't there? Well, there's... There's different versions. Yeah. Yeah. So 16 on the vinyl here. And that's including the Clint Eastwood remix, which... I want to say there was maybe 15 on the original release, and then there were some others added. There was a British deluxe version, and there have been multiple versions since the original release. That's one of the reasons I can't keep up with the Gorillas. They are always coming out with some sort of... There's so much stuff. The D-sides. I love that if you think back... Back to the early 2000s, 2001, when this came out. It was such a different style of hip hop. Mm-hmm. At that time, you were DMX yeah. was huge, Jay-Z. And then you had this super light, almost 80s funk mm-hmm. hip hop feel in this. Yeah, kind of throwback feel, but with a weird timelessness to it. You have Latin Simone, mm-hmm. yeah, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. The beat that that's built around nothing sounded even close to anything like that at that point in time or like the horns on um rock the house yeah rock the house mm-hmm. it's all over the, the little place. fucking flute I mean... that he plays in rock the house <laughs> yeah. the recorder that he's playing i love that it's awesome i love the flute i wrote that down love no. the flute and brass <laughs> the flute now that i know that evil knows so much about this i'm kind of going to be half talking half asking Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, Tomorrow Comes Today was the only song that kind of felt like it was Damon actually singing about his own life. Oh. Sounded very much to me that it was underlying notes of why he wanted to make the animated band because he was sick of being a recognizable star. And I don't know and... about that. That's a that's a good, good question. I'm going to have to go dive into that a little bit. Obviously, what they did worked, even though I remember nobody else that I hung out with at that time, which I was in the Navy at the time, and it was a good blend of yokel from Alabama hanging out with black dude from inner city Detroit. It's a very good range of people. And nobody loved this, but nobody hated it. Mm -hmm. It was one of the only things that I could put it on and nobody would be like, what the fuck is this? Easy easy to listen to broadly. Which is probably one of the reasons I listen to it so much. Well, and it's also not a so it, like, like by it has calling that, somebody from Alabama a yokel. Like that. But uh, I mean, was there cursing? I don't know. You know, people that are scared of, of rap and R&B are going to be... It's a light Too terrified of, of this. It's like a diet R&B. Did either of you run across how they came up with the name Gorillas? No. No, I don't Go think on. so. I ask this. 
because my lady, when I, I told her we were doing this, she's like, where did they get that name? I'm like, I don't really know. And in like the narrative, there was a place called Kong Studios that was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started diving. I'm like, maybe it came from there. No, I think that came out of the name. And I honestly didn't find any definitive info pointing to where the name came from. But I found a whole bunch of guessing and conjecture, which is super interesting. <laughs> Just as good. Allegedly. <laughs> Reddit fun. I think originally they were toying with the name Gorilla. Gorilla Fighter, you know, oh. mm-hmm. underground anonymity. The whole cartoon nature of things was some commentary on pop music, how cartoony pop music could become at the time. So, like, let's just make an actual cartoon out of it, you know? There is a tie in with Albarn and Hewlett's birth year was 1968. It was the year of the monkey. Hmm. And then going back to that time frame, the monkeys, the band the monkeys, a made up band, a okay. made up pop band. Oh. Which also ties in with Blur's feud with Oasis. Oh. It may have even been Albarn who said, We're we're like the Stones and the Beatles and they're yeah. like the monkeys. Oh shit. Talking so it's like Yikes. a jab at Oasis. All of those are great. I've always been a very, very big Blur fan and yeah, me too. over Oasis. I don't know why. I think maybe because I was young, I just took sides <laughs> and I liked Blur way more than Oasis. Not it's hard to like Oasis because <laughs> they were such fucking scumbags but well and then going back to the monkeys the actual actors who played the monkeys fought against their management to get the rights to the music i want to say the producer or something went on to start like a cartoon band called the archies like there's this whole like so the art weird the archies is it not from archie comics not not archie comics wasn't it the same characters? I don't think so. There were, in Archie Comics, a band called the Archies. Well, maybe that could be true. Unless there were two. I'm a big Archie comic fan. I go way back. Oh my god. Fuck off. Um, the Archies are cool. Are you looking this up or am I? Is anyone looking it up? Well, I feel like this. there's half-ass research and there's just... Like... Uh, it is. Archies is... It's a fictional American band that features in media produced by and related to Archie Comics. All right. Stats, motherfucker. Sorry, um, that wasn't nice. I like you, Jimmy. No, I like this. Contention <laughs> sells. <laughs> so I went back and forth re-listening to this album. I do love this album, but I did feel like when I first listened that it was maybe too many ideas for one album, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they maybe should have just concentrated on a few less and saved it for another album. But then I'd listen to it again two nights later and I would be like, no, this is fucking rad. I don't think that there is a song on here that at least the concept in the song is not fucking cool to me. When I was really into it, that like second listen, one of my least favorite songs was New Genius, kind of a slower song. Tonight, I listened to the album again, and I was like, no, actually, I really like this song. (laughs) I did that a lot listening to this album. The very first time I listened to it, I put notes by each song title and be like, this is my favorite song. Mm. No, this is my favorite song. And then put, you know, my top five or whatever the first time I listened to it and then listen to it again and be like, no, you know what? I didn't pay enough attention to this song and what's going on here. I had a hell of a time picking my top three songs for this album. Same. <laughs> say that. Because I'd say like 50% of it, I was really into enough that it was hard for me to, to narrow those down. Yeah. It's like unimposing. Like you can play it in front of your kid and it's not going to offend anyone. You can play it in front of your your folks but it's still I play like anything in good front of music my kid. that <laughs> i don't care she's a lucky lady <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna ask both of you this question 
Rachel, what did you like more on this album? The rockier parts of it or the hip hoppier parts of it? Hip hop, hands down. You, what? You, well, what a stupid question. You know I love rap. No, the hip hop was, it's good. The rock's good, but that's not what I vibe to as much. Like rock the house, the rapping and that, and of course in Clean Eastwood. But I also liked the punk song that mm-hmm. was just titled Punk because I love punk rock. You don't know this. I don't know if you know this, but I fucking love punk rock. You say you a do. Lot. I do say I do. Yeah. When have, what, when no, we, we just, have... I'm not, sorry, that sounded, we just haven't talked about it yet. I think I brought up Operation Ivy. You did. My daughter loves the song punk. Smart lady. Because of the clap, clap, clap. Yeah. And you just do that for four minutes. It's really <laughs> fun. Evil, same question. Not a fair question. I like the interplay of both. Not a fair yeah, question. That's probably what my answer would be. Yeah. I didn't know that was a choice. Just kidding. It's rap. I like the melding of styles. This isn't like a groundbreaking album. But it reminded me, us Americans over here, in, 19, in like 10 years before this came out, we were listening to like Nirvana and the Seattle bands like change the yeah. face of rock music. In, in Great Britain, there was an album by a band called Primal Scream called Screamadelica mm. that melded like yeah. house music and DJs with indie rock and kind of did maybe not on the same level that Nirvana did, but changed a lot and introduced a whole bunch of new ideas and melding of things that had had not been put together before. The Gorillaz album owes a lot to what Primal Scream did. That is it. And I like that interplay of blending different genres, these strange ideas with made up characters and cool artwork and the whole package. I like the whole package. That's a really good tie-in that I hadn't thought of. A song like Starshine, that could... Mm -hmm. You change the drum beat in that, and that could just as easily be like a a later era fucking Kurt Cobain song or Mm. a super dark. When the grunge era started, when they started to go from heavy to somber, it was always somber, but instead of mad, it was we're all about to die and kill ourselves. (laughs) Hashtag heroin. Yes. You missed out, Jimmy. You should have been here for Joy Division. We had so much fun. OMG. (laughs) You know, I found a a clip of Henry Rollins saying that that's one of the bands that a lot of people don't know about, but should be on the Mount Rushmore of rock music. Do you want to know what's funny, Evil? What? My intro. I quoted Henry Rollins. I said, Henry Rollins said it best. And I quoted him. Great minds. You guys. That is a clusterfuck of thoughts. For a, (laughs) honestly, for a clusterfuck of a concept of an album. Yeah. I think it was very fitting. We will take a break. We will be right back. We are back. The music that you heard coming in from the break is called Girls Like Drugs. It's by Paris, Texas. Wonderful name of a song. (laughs) I very much dig it. Usually the bands seek me out. I sought this one out. You should go check them out. Paris, Texas. Two dudes making rap songs. (laughs) Probably edit that out. They're going to be really mad. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I'm so excited for this. The David Crosby meh award. Bad review. (laughs) This is... I'm just so excited. I'm so excited for this. Do you guys remember that there was a soda called Pepsi Blue? 
Oh, yeah. It doesn't even ring a bell for me. It was out for like a year and it kind of like Ooh. Crystal Pepsi. It, it like, did right. not yeah. do well. Is that important to the story? You have no idea how important <laughs> it is to the story. <laughs> this is a review by Super Pimp. He gave it one out of five stars. And the title Oof. of the review is The Pepsi Blue Stuff Ain't Too Good. It was re- <laughs> it was reviewed in 2002. So uh, it was reviewed close to when this came out. A, little. Okay. a week ago, I came across a new drink called Pepsi Blue. It was cola mixed with berry flavor. This drink kind of caught me by surprise, so I decided to drink some. The first sip, I thought to myself, wow, I could drink this stuff forever. But after finishing about half the bottle, I had to throw it away because I thought that it tasted just plain horrible. Pepsi Blue reminds me a lot about the Gorillas. Gorillas mixed rap. I am reading this word for word. Pepsi Blue reminds me a lot about the Gorillas. Gorillas mixed rap with techno, two things that seem like they would go great together, but just seem to be awful, just like Pepsi Blue did with cola and berry flavor. (laughs) Both Pepsi Blue and Gorillas hide behind a cool image to make you forget how terrible both of them are. Pepsi Blue hides behind its logo and everything while Gorillas feature a bunch of animation and animated effects. Both Pepsi Blue and Gorillas are both marketed products in an attempt to make money. What else do Pepsi Blue and Gorillas have in common besides the fact that they are both terrible? Maybe it's the fact that if we stop buying both of them, they will both go away. So that is what we should all do to avoid these kinds of things. Peace out. That's fantastic. I should have made you guys drink every time I said Pepsi Blue. (laughs) (laughs) How unique is the band? Even though I think that a lot of this stuff had been done before, I think it's incredibly unique if you look at when it came out. Mm -hmm. I just don't think people were doing anything like that. And that's just talking about the music. That's not even talking about the fucking (laughs) concept of making up an animated comic video something i feel like there's a lot of stuff that was done but not in such a compilation of things and honestly outside of i I had written down the archies as a virtual band but i had not heard of or even knew that they were actually a virtual band before i started doing research for this which was embarrassing i saw the ninja turtles perform you did not i did like in like suits yeah the coming out of their shells tour I think I remember that. Did that ca- yeah. that came to Boise, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. YouTube it. Blow oh, okay. your mind. Uh, evil. You must have been like eight when that happened. Don't. I barely remember it. Yeah. Uh, evil. I fucking you? love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Me too. <laughs> Very unique in the entire package put together. I am so impressed with how sprawling the creativity is i think the music itself is also it's not really forging any new territory but it's putting things together in a way that i don't think had been done before it sounds like so many things but nothing sounds like it influences influences but right back to you evil what influences did you hear in this band musically it's hard to break it away from the concept i mean Anywhere from the Archies, as we've established, is 
well connected with the Archie comics, which I knew long before any of you guys did. Um, <laughs> I have never read an Archie I mean, in my life. Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, I like con- that. I mean, <laughs> and that's in terms of just like concept. Musically, I definitely heard back. Me too. I heard Primal Scream a little bit, that Screamadelica record. I like that one. Mid 90s Brit trip hop stuff you have to put blur in there at least a little bit you know what else i heard 80s hip-hop well yeah i heard a lot like i heard some depeche mode type stuff in there this is gonna sound crazy late 70s early 80s sesame street music is in there (laughs) (laughs) because that's when i was watching sesame street and it reminded me like really some of the songs (laughs) reminded me of some of that stuff like yeah totally uh rachel what about you i also had written down beck um, I also heard a little Portishead. So we all wrote down Beck individually. I like that. Uh, Portishead. I had Massive Attack written down. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, nothing else. Influences for me, I hip hop for the next 20 years. Name me a, a prominent creator in the hip hop industry. They've been on a fucking Gorillaz album. Anywhere from like Snoop Dogg to everybody. Two things stuck out to me. Kids See Ghosts. Ooh. You were the one who turned me on to them. The, that project, mm. also hip hop. And then <laughs> conceptually, Death Clock, Metalocalypse <laughs> oh, from Adult know. Swim. <laughs> owes so much to this in terms of concept, like, you know, made up <laughs> yeah. band. And I'm a huge Death Clock fan. Big surprise. <laughs> Was this before or after the largesse of Cartoon Network being kind of for adults? Everyone's so, was... like Aqua Teen Hunger Force sort of stuff. I think it's a little before, like maybe on yeah. the leading edge of like Adult Swim. Adult Swim. That's what I'm, yeah. 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 So I wonder how much this influenced that sort of a thing. A ton. Wow. I think a ton. Wow. Okay. Uh, Rachel, do you have anything? Um, I had written down, it kind of sounded uh, Run the Jewels. Ooh. Also, I like that. side point, unrelated, Run the Jewels, May 2nd in Portland with, uh, <laughs> who are they playing with? Rage. Rage. Whoa. Rage Against Machine. I like Whoa. how you buried the lead. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. I love Run the Jewels, but Rage is, I mean. <laughs> no, for sure. Now. Maybe we have to do a verse course, first field trip. I think Who do we, we know should. that lives near Portland? <laughs> I've got lots of bedrooms. Just saying. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Is this the band's best album? Rachel, do you know any of their other albums? I did pop through a couple of their other albums, and nothing sounded as good as this one did. This one just seemed to have more bangers. What in it. What other albums? So. Um, I listened to the most recent one. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, okay. And then I listened to part of Demon Days. Which was the album after this. Not really fair to ask you to answer if you think this is by far their best album. Yeah. It doesn't seem, you don't seem very into it. It doesn't seem like you would really listen to any more of this. There's definitely some songs that I was into that I'd put on like a, like a workout mix. I feel like that's where it belongs in my life. To me, it's not a Nevermind the Bullocks album. It's honestly, it's not even my favorite Gorillaz album. Shit. Mm. Yeah. I'll save that for when we dissect them because we definitely are going to. But it's not a never mind the Bullocks award. Uh, what about you, Evil? It's the only album of theirs I'm familiar with. If I had to pick out in like other tracks, like Feels Good Inc. is the, maybe the only track I could off the top of my head pick. Dare. Eh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know those albums well. 
Like, I know this yeah. album really well. I don't think it's fair to me to make that call. I'll say to be continued. I will tell you that someday we are going to dissect these guys, so you should check out the rest of their stuff. Yeah, I look forward to it. John Paul Jones Award. Go back down to you, Evil. Do you have anybody that you would have wanted to hear on this? Oh, my God. Back. No, that's a joke. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to hear back on anything. I would like... This is just me being stupid. Eddie Van I would Halen. like to hear a guitar solo Eddie Van on Halen. one of their songs <laughs> by Squisgar Squiskel from Death Clock. <laughs> What's going to be funny is we're going to get on like YouTube at the end of this, and there's probably going to be that. <laughs> that probably, I bet that I exists. Hope so. <laughs> the, the, whoever made that is my people. <laughs> I put that it's impossible to have a John Paul Jones word because everyone on earth has at one point been on a Gorillaz album. <laughs> That's fair. Seriously, they've had like 700 people <laughs> on their projects. Rachel, did you put anybody? I put Killer Mike mm. from Around the Jewels. I thought it'd be cool because it sounded like it and I thought... Dell's not good enough for you. You need to have Killer Mike. Yes. I do love Killer Mike. John Popper Award for Best Hook. Over to you, Rachel. What's the best hook on this album? It's not the best hook, but the hookiest hook would have to be Clint Eastwood. The future, it's coming on. For like five minutes. Uh, Evil, what about you? On rehash, there's like this falsetto, gorilla sounding I I don't even know how. I'm not going to yeah. attempt to say it. But yeah. it's like. Po, 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 you know what I'm talking yeah. about. That, that piece. <laughs> that is so earwormy. Him doing the high-pitched gravity <laughs> gets stuck on my head. I will be in my car for weeks at a time. And I will start doing that. Uh, Eddie Van Halen Award for best riff, solo. I kind of need to restructure the in parentheses award because I really just end up doing whatever piece of any instrument I think is cool now. But since it's the Eddie Van Halen Award, it's always going to go to evil first. Evil, uh, what do you got? You mentioned it earlier. It's the flute and rock the house. No, that was my answer. <laughs> that was one of mine too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I wanted to go first. <laughs> it's so fucking like weird and rough. And like that, he didn't. That is, that's the Sesame Street. That is, yeah. that song is straight out yeah. of late seventies Sesame Street. I swear <laughs> to God. So I did, I had. Dell's line in Clint, the waters from a bottle, years from mine's from canteen. I love the double bass and double bass, two bass lines going on at the same time in the same key. It just sounds so fucking cool. My number one was the flute in Rock the House. <laughs> nice work, guys. That's fucking crazy. That's, That's insane. Awesome. <laughs> if I had a shot, Surfer Rosa Award. I think this is completely not. The pop hits aren't anywhere specific. I think this is just a mishmash all mm. over the place. I don't think this, yeah. there's no yeah. sort of chronicle structure to these. And everybody else is nodding and saying yes. So Agreed. Yep. that was easy. Yep. Time of your life award. I will start. Like I said, I almost said new genius, but I warmed up to that. Other times I listened to it. I'm actually, I'm going with the fucking remix, the Clint Eastwood remix at the end. Uh, don't put... Oh, that's cheating. Don't put remixes on albums, guys. It's cheating. Is it? Yes. It was on the original album, though. It was. If that's cheating, then I have to go New Genius. It's New uh. Genius. But that's a good song, though. 
So my my least. Well, I'm going to cheat too. So it's. A... <laughs> oh, e- evil! What's your least favorite song on this? What's... It's not my least favorite song. I think it's the song that doesn't fit the album the most. Ooh. I think it's a great song. Oh. And it's Latin Simone. It mm. it feels out of place. God, I love that. But song. I like it. It's a good song, but it feels out of place. Okay. So I also cheated. So in quickfire reviews, when we reviewed just a ton of shit. Uh, one of the most popular things to say was our least worst song. Yeah. So this is like our our least best song. Well, it's not even the least best. It just doesn't fit the rest of the album. Okay. It, like least best song. Rachel. It should be somewhere else. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Rachel? I put Clint Eastwood's the second the remix because it was trash. That's cheating. Evil says it's so. Cheating. Yeah. <laughs> We're all. We're all cheaters That's on true. this. Fuck it. It's our podcast. We do You guys we want. copied my work on Eddie Van Halen Award. It's Whatever. And, yeah. You just turned yours in first. <laughs> just wait till season two where we have drinking rules. Yay. Because um, oh. we would have all had to take a shot for that one for sure. Three best songs on the album. I'm going to start with Rachel because I get a feeling that she likes this less than us. That's probably true. So, Rachel. That's for sure true. What are your three favorite songs on this album? I'll do I'll do four because <laughs> I had four. My number four was punk. And I liked that they tried something very different. What's funny, though, if you think of it as if it's coming from Al Barn, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like there are a couple songs in this album where you definitely hear Blur. And oh, I feel like sure. that's that's one of them. Number three was Rock the House. That's a great, that's a, such a good beat. Kind of thought that would have been your number one. Oh, it's not so three. But the uh, flute I like the bass. It had a nice heavy bass. <laughs> Love the flute. Love the dope raps. Number two, Left Hand Suzuki Method. I liked the, the name of it. It sounded like a Far East masturbatory method. <laughs> when I had, when I had, and we have the title for the episode. <laughs> yes. I didn't fingers. even count that on this review because it wasn't one of the original songs. Oh, really? It wasn't in the original oh, release. Okay, that's fair. But I, I do it. I do know that song and I do really like it. Yeah. Especially um, since it's how I masturbate <laughs> in Japan. Right. That's how everybody does. I'm big in Japan. <laughs> oh my god that was really good proud of us on that one <laughs> also all right just a side story at the very beginning of the song is like a, the noise of a bong right yeah and david earlier was like you've never seen a bong so when i was really really little my dad had a bong and i oh. saw it i had seen it oh. and so i had at one point I figured out, like I, I was a cute little kid. I had shredded up some paper and put it in like a wrench, like a little plastic wrench and was like, daddy, look. And then he's like, <laughs> oh my God. and that's when he was like, okay, I should probably stop smoking in front of my daughter. So fast forward to, fast forward to me being 20 odd years old, probably 23. I'm in the mall and one of my friends goes, oh, that guy has a beer bong. Why does he have a beer bong in the mall? Like, where can you get one of those? And I said, that's a funnel. That's not a bong. Because <laughs> I had just assumed a beer bong was a regular bong. That, you... that that's what was in oh. the bong. It was, it was beer. I played a game once with Sven and another one of our friends back in high school I don't remember how we picked who lost, but we were, we had beer in a bong and we were all 
ripping off the bong and whoever lost, I think we're playing like a South Park video game or something like that. And whoever lost had to drink the beer out of the bong. So you can put beer in a bong. You can put anything you want in a bong. It's stupid. Like what's the purpose of the water in itself? Like I don't understand the science of a bong. It filters the smoke or cools it down or something to where you don't, you don't feel it going through your lungs. Okay. So you can inhale a lot more and. Hope we have a lot of kids listening. Right now. <laughs> That's kind of How does yeah, Rachel? What's your favorite gorilla song? Number one was uh, M1A1. Mm. Yeah, I didn't love the beginning. The hello, is anyone there? It was a really long time of that, but it had like the Stones vibe that I was kind of into. This British punk, like the Blur, rock. like Blur. It kind of sounded like Blur. If I yeah. had to guess, it was written by a guy. From Blur. Do you guys know where that came from? Mm-mm. No. I looked it up because I thought that it was from 28 Days Later. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. But that was after. It's, was it? I think so. Well, anyway, so. that's why I looked it up. Uh, I was close, though. It is from a zombie movie. It's from Day of the Dead. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to let Evil end it, so I will go oh, first. Okay. This was, fuck, I did not want to have to pick three. My honorable mention, my almost made it's are Latin Simone and 192000. I thought Rachel would like that song more. I thought she would be... You thought... Thought wrong. My third favorite song off this album is 5-4. Really? Mm, so... Not surprised. Fuck yes. Oh, that yeah, Dude, that makes sense. It is a yeah. okay. awesome guitar part playing in five four to a beat yeah. that is four four the right. entire time. I, I that's yeah. just automatic mm-hmm. orgasm for me anytime anybody's doing anything like yeah, that. that. Calm that down, makes, Rachel. <laughs> Good yeah. God. That's the music nerd song. I yeah. should have known. <laughs> I love that song. M one A one is my second favorite song. When that oh. breaks down, it's the rockiest part of this album. They go they go for mm-hmm. it. I love that. Mm-hmm. And my number one favorite song on this is Soundcheck, the Gravity song. Nice. <gasps> I wrote Starshine. This is David's favorite song. I do really and like that wrong. song, it but it's wrong. not even in my top five, Rachel. Evil, give us your tops. Okay, my top three. Number five, Rehash. <laughs> 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 Number four, Clint Eastwood. I'm glad somebody did, because it sucks. Clint Eastwood is an amazing song. Yeah, it's it's. Really but it's good. just been it sure it's is. been played so much that nobody yeah. talks about it. But right, Sunshine in a Bag. That's a fucking call to the yeah. man with no name. Mm-hmm. I love it. Number three, Man Research Clapper. Nice. I love I love that song. Number two is 19 2000. And number one is Rock the House. Wow. So you're, you like the real, the real hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> Who uh, won the album, Rachel? Fuck if I know. Skip that page. <laughs> Why didn't I write that down? Who you didn't look album? at the second page, did you? God damn it. Hey, <laughs> evil. Who, who won the album? Circle back. I think Dell the Funky Homo Sapien won the album because he got killed in a drive by shooting, became a ghost rapper possessed the drummer and mm. also in real life did some pretty badass performances yeah. on here as well his parts made those songs that he was on yeah i became a huge fan of his i i followed him thanks to this album i think that's a good answer um my who won this album is 19 year old david i won this album <laughs> 19 i had i had a great group of friends i had not a care in the world Congrats. just driving around fucking bremerton washington getting drunk with a bunch of sailors yeah <laughs> Hoorah. Rachel, 
Who won the album? Virtual bands everywhere. <laughs> that whole concept of virtual bands, the ability to hide yourself like that. Like I the think that's daft punky kind of. Yeah. I've talked about how when we were covering the stones and how he was talking about how he, his life sucks because he's always on the road and, you know, it sucks to be a famous bajillionaire, but you know, there probably is an, an aspect of it that sucks and having well, the some fact sort that of you, you literally can't walk down the street for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Oh, for sure. How much do islands cost? I'll weep into my handful of dollar bills or pounds or whatever. <laughs> Cash. The, the last question is, is this actually a 10 out of 10? How do we rate this album? Uh, Rachel, since you have had so much time to think on this question, I'm going to ask you first. I'd say like an 8 out of 10. I, I'd say for what it is, is really, really good, but there are a couple holes in it. It's not perfect for me, but it is really, really so good um, for what it is. Evil, what about you? I, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. And I'm going to give it that based on the entire concept, not just the music. That's fair. But the okay. entire concept of the project, I think, warrants an a absolute wow. 10 out of 10. It is so creative. And mm-hmm. the music is so good. Like, there are very creative projects that involve music that have kind of shitty music. This is not one of those. So I think broadly it is a I may have to 10. change my Instagram pick for That's this fair. album now to a scotch. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. That, that makes me feel way less worse for not giving it a 10. I am giving it, it's as close as you can get. It's like a... 9.3 if it wasn't for the remix at the end i think it might be a 10 i think there are a couple ideas on here that might have been best kind of like what you were talking about with latin simone might have been best served to hold off mm-hmm. for another album it, it doesn't mean it's not a good song so i'm giving it like a yeah i'm giving it like a 9.6 out of 10 that's, that's fair. fair thanks both of you and that's the gorillas you're welcome that's it. And scene. I love that album. That album was crazy. That mm-hmm. was hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for opening up like the portal into this entire new world that I have. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go and explore and discover because it's like totally right up my alley in terms of melding different genres of creativity. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks have for fun. that. Um, Jerk. <laughs> so that is it for the self-titled debut album of the Gorillas. Join us next week. The entire crew is going to be together. We are going to be talking about what we missed in 2021. Albums that we didn't get to in our quickfire reviews. Albums that we maybe just didn't want to talk about, but they're big enough to where we have to at least throw a mention out to finally get Rachel to shut up about Lil Nas X. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So that is coming up next week. Only a couple more episodes left and we are done with season one. We are heading into the off season. We got to get in our vacation and then get back into fighting shape. Rachel. David. Thank you. Yeah. Evil. I had no idea how into this you were. That makes me. Oh, really? That makes me so happy. No, I had no No clue. I had no clue. Yeah. I, I, this, this, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good night and good luck, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> Rachel Rachel throws up the peace sign. So next week, this episode's over. Yes. Oh, I, oh, I want to stay right by.
Ayos sa 